lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it's your girl, Danny. Your happy 100 year old hippo. Because 100 is a big number. It is. It's this like is the 100th, 100th episode. Yes. This is like Sesame Street. Like the letter brought to you by the, the number 100 and the letter, I don't know. <laughs> T, I don't know, whatever. I got you. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, you take my phrase. Thank yeah. you. Um, and we're welcome to another episode of Lover's Quarrel, a very special episode of it Lover's Quarrel for episode. a multitude of reasons. Um, and you'll find out as we move along. But of course, this is our 100th episode. Did you think we'll be here? No, because I really thought that we probably would have killed each other sometimes between now and then. Because Lord I have knows, faith. Oh, the phone. Yeah, don't worry about it. We yeah, I'm going But keep this open. Anyway, this is if this is your first time listening, you know that we welcome you. If this is your second time listening, we welcome you back. And if this is your third or more time, third time or more listening, then you know that you are family, or as TJ would like to call you, you are a lover. Um, and we have uh, a special guest with us. Say hello, special guest. Hi, I'm the special guest. <laughs> yes, of course, like always when we have a special guest, we're going to formally introduce him um, a little later in the episode, but um, we're very, very excited and pleased to have him on. And um, before we go any further, being that we are in the midst of Black History Month, TJ and I wanted to take a brief moment and give you a Black History fact. Um, so I will go first. first. Yes, okay. I will go first. Um, so... I, I had one, but I was gonna go with I'm gonna go with this one because um, it kind of actually reminded me of my dad. So it says um, on this day when this episode drops, it'll be February 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, so on this day, February 21st in 1961, Otis Boykin patented the electrical resistor, and this device was used in all guided missiles and IBM computers. So shout out to what's his name? Otis Boykin. Dope. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Shout yeah. out to him. Yeah. yeah. My dad was like a computer nerd type guy. So, and he, like growing up in my house, like the first computers we ever had were IBM. So it stuck out to me. Um, and, you know, again, shout out to black people and people of color for doing everything first and best. So well, you went up high. I'm going to go a little negative. Sorry. Oh, sorry. To- <laughs> so ahead. on February 21st, uh, Malcolm X, 21st, Malcolm X was assassinated. At the young and tender age of thirty-nine. Yes, he was. So I didn't. I, honestly, I knew that he was assassinated. I didn't know he was that young, though. Like yeah. when you put it into context, like that's really young. That's like, Especially as we yeah, that's like our, that's eight 30s. years for me. Like yeah. that's crazy. Like to think that his life was taken that that quick. So mm-hmm. and early. So well, whenever you're trying to be an agent of change, you know, yeah, they come forward. at you. Absolutely. But with that said. We're going to jump right onto our elevator. Would that you works. like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll go first. Okay, so are you going up or down? I'm going up. Okay. All right, so this is the 100th episode. 100th episodes. I have to get on my best elevator voice. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> going up. That was good. <laughs> Thank that you. Was, that was real good. Um, Thank you. You know, as, as you stated earlier, uh, it's our 100th episode. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, it's a great feat to be here. Mm-hmm. Um this started out as to be determined, mm-hmm. and that bombed, and then we came did back. Did it bomb, or did it just like we life happened? I mean, it fizzled out, but it was. I mean, looking back at it, it was just we were trying to Replicate at least, yeah, we were trying to do what there. everyone else was doing. So yes. it was like, you know, That's why to me, it bombed. So when we came back with Lovers Quarrel, we were able to really be ourselves and mm-hmm. talk about our problems and be as transparent, you know, 
because everybody was like, oh, y'all the most perfect couple. And, Far from and, it. Yeah, nah, we fight, we argue, and all that good stuff we love. But, um, you know, with being able to do the show, it's become therapy. It allows us to mm-hmm. talk. It allows us to, you know, it's date night sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I may not speak to you the whole week, but we know <laughs> when we record, it's going to be our own time. 60 so. to 90 minutes of, like, direct conversation. Exactly. So, um, Uninterrupted conversation, too. So just to be here, a uh, 100 shows in and... Um, Hundred shows. We had two lives Live sold out shows. Yes, uh, that was very scary and I, you know stressful. Pre- you stress stressful, stress premature. Fuck out. But you know, yeah. Well, I mean, that happens. Like when you're when you're creating stuff and you know you just want it to be good. So I know, but you have to have like a faith. Like you were more stressed the second time it's, than you were the first time. Yeah, because it was it was a different market. So uh, anyway, yeah. so we can go back there. But yeah, I'm up to be on the hundredth. So. That's where um, I'm at. I'm what about continue, you? I'm going to continue to ride the uh, 100 episode wave. Okay. And um, I wrote, you know, I wrote down, I was like, 100 recorded moments of us fussing, fighting, and loving. Because TJ and I will sometimes have been like beefing, hardcore, like, fuck you, don't like you, don't talk to me. But then we got to sit down and record. And then in us talking to each other, we've kind of resolved things. He and I have been good and then get into an argument on the show and then leave the show mad at each other. But... At the same time, it's been a it's been this like really great ride. And even though sometimes there's been weeks where like I don't feel like it, I don't want to, I'm sick, life happens, you know, from you know, death all the way to illness to school and work and things like that. Um, that we've really like this is something that I know that this body of work that like, if no one if no one ever listens to another episode ever again, <laughs> that we have this like moment in time and this like thing that we do together that is ours and ours alone you know what i mean yeah. so i f- i'm excited by, by that and the it's, it is a milestone because um i feel like i read somewhere maybe heard on a different podcast that you know most people who start or initiate podcasts go like six seven episodes or like definitely not anywhere near 100 before they tap out or they start getting inconsistent and the fact that we've been so very consistent for this last i guess almost two and a half like two and a half years because we started like late 2017 yeah yeah so we're going on three years um you know i'm proud of us i am too i wonder if tatum will listen to this stuff like years from now and be like what 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 were what were they talking about she's probably gonna be mortified (laughs) like most kids are they like oh my god my parents like like that's that's gonna be crazy one day because like she's gonna really think that we're like kind of lame at some point or another how old is she she's 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 yeah she'll be three in april So at some point she's gonna. She's be never like, gonna think I'm lame, but all right, I digress. But anyway, so I'm I'm she's a girl, so I'm waiting for the like middle, and I teach middle school, so I'm waiting for that time frame in her life for like. I'm and your middle schoolers think that I'm you're the, cool because of who? My boys think I'm cool because of you, because right. you keep me in the loop. All right then. My girls think I'm cool because I'm cool, and my my boys think I'm cool too because of who I am. But you keep me in the know because okay. you are I'm, pretty much like an eighth grade boy. Like you, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. So like you're, I respect it. You're you're. you're Style and your taste in music and all of that stuff like that is, is, is right in line with my. I'm, I'm still right there. Just <laughs> that's as far as you went. That's it. <laughs> so you got um, it. I don't want no problems with you. So yeah, but I mean, yeah. At some point, she'll uh, she'll yeah. she'll look back and be like, oh my god. But you know, at least she'll be like, okay, my parents did this thing. Exactly. And if podcasting still there, like fifteen years from now. Yeah, what it looks like at that point. She'll yeah. Be like, my parents did it kind of first. 
So with that being said, we're gonna go ahead. Wait, and you didn't see if if our I'm guests. I'm sorry. Come on. My apologies. Oh well, yo, listen. Congrats on a hundred. Thank, Thank you. That's like a big deal. It's true that I think that's like a fact that people go up to like six episodes and kind of like peace like, out. Peace out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So congrats on that. No, thank, thank you. you. That's like a big accomplishment. It shows that you guys have endurance. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of people, especially like a lot of people that I meet, mm-hmm. they ask about the check mm-hmm. before putting in the hard work. So, mm-hmm. you know, for you guys to do it for 100, it says a lot about the both of you. Thank, thank you. you. And to do it as a couple. Yeah. 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 I think it's I think it's a, the, I mean, it's definitely like a gift and a curse sometimes. Because <laughs> if, when you're married, it's like, you know. Like you're not going anywhere. Like you know, it's like I. But also too, there's like you know, some people who record podcasts together. They come together, they record, and they go their separate ways. And then me, like we go to bed. Like, it's like <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's like even if he gets on my damn nerves, I'm like, well, shit, I gotta go lay up next to him and be like, all right, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna face this way tonight as opposed to talking to him. But it works, and I appreciate that. But yes, if you have any, you wanna keep the party going, going yeah. up. Or you wanna anything else? No, I mean. You know, I I love my wife, but I would never want to work with her. That's fair, fair. enough. So I, I give it to the both of you guys. No, thank, for you. That. thank you. We appreciate that. Um, so yeah. So now that we've um, asked our guest, um, we wanted to we're gonna jump into our relationship tip of the week. Um, I'm gonna take the lead on this one. I we work. always take the lead. That is like women's first. I, I, sir. Okay. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so my relationship tip of the week is to explain when it's so to explain to your partner or whomever it is. So some this is for relationship, friendship, any of the ships, right? Um, explain to that person when it's not them and it's you when it like when it truly is because um, I don't understand what you're saying. I, well, because I, I always kind of make it a little cryptic so I can elaborate, All right. right? So. When you're in an intense relationship or just any type of long-term relationship, even though that person knows you really well and probably already knows this, sometimes you need to say, like, this is not about you. It's about me right now. Like, it's as far as so thinking about earlier today when we were driving before we drove up, we were still at home and we were talking about whatever plans we have later on this tonight. And at one point you said something to the effect of or maybe I said it about like, you know, this is not about. I don't feel like you're trying to do anything to me or you're trying, like, I don't feel like my anger, my frustration is direct, is about you. I'm just getting frustrated or upset in front of you. Like, so, um, just kind of articulating that it's, it's not you, it's me right now. Like I'm, I'm in my head right now. And I think sometimes we do each other or do others a disservice by not articulating that or not saying that sometimes it's even when you've been with somebody or in a friendship or a relationship for so long and they probably like I said, so that's what I mean. Like even when they probably already know that like, okay, Danny's just like TJ will be like, Danny's just having a moment, like this has nothing to do with me, I'm not gonna trip. It's still nice to sometimes have that person tell you, like, you know what? This ain't about this has nothing to do with you. This is me having a moment with with myself and then that way it's like a like a courtesy thing. Um I got you. And I feel like that's something that is often lost as like the the longer you stay in a relationship or or a longer a friendship or even even family even you know kinship mm-hmm. um over time you feel like you don't always have to acknowledge or explain that because the person well they know me they know when I act like this but it's still nice to sometimes just say it because it's acknowledging that that person is on the receiving end of your insecurity or your anxiety or your frustration with something totally that unrelated to them and um 
that you're just kind of like addressing it. So that's what I mean by saying that, you know, no matter how long you've been with somebody or in a relationship or any type of shit, to sometimes acknowledge when and tell the person, you know what, it's not you, it's me right now. And I think it would be appreciated because you, whatever dynamic you and I had this morning when that was going on. I remember. Something, I think, maybe I said it or maybe you said it, I can't remember, but I felt like, I felt better after it was said. I feel like I said it. Probably, you might have. So I win. No, that doesn't mean you win. <laughs> you still have to come with your tip and if it's I, trash, I win. No, well, I'm not. All yeah. of my tips are going to be based off of you because I'm married to That's you. A, it's a good tip, man. So, Thank so you. I, yeah. Thank you. So I win. No, no, her based, tip is good. Yeah, I know. No, but he's because, he feels me. as though because he is the source of my material that he therefore wins as a default. But we're married, so what else is my? It's story? like you're the inspiration. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's like Big Daddy. You remember? Like no matter what, he won. I win. And, and that's why I say you're a child. That's, that's cool. Why all of your references are for people age, under like voting ages. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. You know what? Okay. So mine is. Twofold, I guess you could say. So I'm going to say take care of yourself, but also don't lose yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean, make sure that you're well menti- mentally, physically, uh, you know, be the, the happiest you can be. And then when I say don't lose yourself, sometimes when we are in relationships or we have our friends, we take that for granted. So we're like, she's my wife. She's going to be here forever. But she fell in love with who I was when she met me. So I got to kind of keep up that appearance. I can't become worse. So... I think that sometimes we forget or sometimes we get super comfortable like, well, she's married to me, so she's not going to change or like, I, you know, if I used to get fly all the time and now I'm not getting fly no more, but that's what you fell in love with, mm. you know, it's going to change the dynamic, you know, so. May I add that also that the, also appreciate that people grow and change because that's something that you and I used to always have a problem with because I used to like argue with him about you want me to be like seventeen year old Danny again, and I'm like I'm thirty year old Danny now. Like I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm. I, it'd be bad if I was the exact same person. I don't want you to be the exact same person, but in that context, you were more thoughtful, and as you got older. But I had more what bandwidth. I will say I is you had, you had more time, had going and on. yeah. So as as we've matured, I've 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 been able to look at it and say, you know what, she's changed, but the situation's changed, the time has changed. Because yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Because like even now, like now that I have my new job, and I'm like stressed the fuck out. I'm like, I get it now. I get where she was at. Thank you. I can understand that so much more now. Like she, she used to always say. I mean, granted, I can still work through it. Like it's not gonna. Like I'm not gonna be so tired that I can't focus or anything like that. Uh But but I understand where you're coming from. So thank you. I'm always I'm always a trailblazer. I always <laughs> I do everything first. He complains about it. Then he I mean, does you're it. Older. then he gets it. Then he gets it. You're older. It makes sense. And you're you're older. I am eight months older than you. you. Watch your mouth. You gotta round that up. Watch your mouth. You're, you gotta round it up. Watch your mouth. You have to. Watch your mouth. No, I don't. You do. I do not. I was always told anything over five you round up. Is that still true in school? I don't know. Because you're the teacher. <laughs> That's your science. You got it. Thank you. I don't want no problems. All right. What's what's the word of the week? The word of the week. Mm. I hope I don't pronounce this wrong. I hope you don't either. How long have you guys been married? We've been married It'll for be seven years. This March year. 9th. And then together? 16 in July. July. Dope. Yeah. It's like me and my wife. Dope. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so we got 
should have had her come on yeah. too. <laughs> I know yeah. you don't want to work with She was, but um, my my brother's getting my daughter, and then the time shifted, so. Got you. Yeah, well, she would have been here. No, uh, so we got we to yeah. invite her back. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I so like that. Because plus that way she can, you know, give us any <laughs> two sides of every story, right? Because there's y'all side, our side, the truth, which is our side, right? So, something like that. You got it, Annie. All right, all right. So, what's the word of the week? I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> L- I'm not even going to try it. You know what? You going to look it up? No, I have it. But she's just going to tell you. Because you got to spell it. Ledger Domain. Ledger Domain. Ledger Domain? Yes. I have not ever heard that. Yes! Ever. So Led- I'm going to stump that. Ledger, Ledger Dem- Germain or Ledger Domain? That's what she says. Ledger Domain. Is that an L or a V? Ledger Domain. Ledger Domain. Okay, give me a definition. Ledger Domain. When a magician waves his hands over a hat and pulls out a rabbit, he is performing an act of Ledger Domain or trickery. Oh, my God. Oh. Use that in the sentence right now. Ledger Domain. Or, okay. Use it in the sentence. Because you can. Um, you said the act of when he pulls. An act of so Ledger Domain so or like trickery. A, like a, performing like, an so act. So like, like a trick, mm-hmm. right? Oh. You trying to pull a ledger domain on my ass with this word? Like that's this is some trickery. Go ahead. Okay, I'm just I'm definitely gonna just see what sticks. Okay, ledger <laughs> ledger domain ledger domain. Go ahead. I feel like these are two words that is don't. that a real word? Yeah, it's like a Harry Potter word. Yeah, it's SAT word. <laughs> Avada Kedavra, right? Um, okay, L E D G E R D O M A. I N like I put ledger and domain together. You were yeah. wrong. Yes. L E G E R D E M A I N. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll take that one because that was the streak has ended. Yeah, I had a really good run, but that's a that was a random ass word. It I, was, and okay. I seen. It, I was like, oh, this is this could be a okay. a good word. But I want to say this. Shout out to me using context clues because if I was in like third grade, <laughs> my teacher would have marked that right because I would have been putting words that do make sense together. Because I said what I spelled sounds similar to what is sure. what it is. Listen, cool. I'm, I am rationalizing this because I don't like to get no. This no, stuff I get wrong. it. It's like it's like if you know the clock is going down, you shoot the shot, and yes. it goes in, but the clock already expired. I get it. It was like you were close, but you weren't there. Anywho, well, you continue to use that word. I want you to. I want you to use that word five times just the coming week in a sentence. All right. So I'm gonna find a way. To, I'm gonna find a way to bring it up. Oh my god. And you can, you know, remember it. All right. Well, listen, folks. We are gonna to take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back to formally introduce our wonderful guest. Hey, friend. It's time for you to ditch those workout gloves and get the grip and wrist support you deserve. What do you suggest? You need to get the Gaines Load and Lock Grips by Gaines Sports Gear. They are more durable than gloves, have a non-slip grip pad that provides grip support and added wrist support, unlike your traditional workout gloves, and will protect your hands from calluses. Do they come in different colors? Not only do they come in different colors, but they are available for men and women. Do yourself a favor. Go to GainesSportsGear.com. And remember, a better grip equals a better lift. Embrace the process. And as always, you know that you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to Gaines, that's G-A-A-I-N-Z, sportsgear.com, and entering the code LOVERS10. And now, back to the show. All right, y'all. So, you've heard 
the uh, sultry sounds of the voice <laughs> of our guest here. Um, and now we have the distinct pleasure of introducing our guest on our 100th yeah. episode. And we have in front of us Mr. Jonathan Mena of the Loudspeakers Network. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, and we really, really appreciate you working with us and to come together and be on Lover's Quarrel. We're yeah. like very, I'm very, very geeky. Congrats on the 100. Thank, Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this like is... just, it didn't matter if it was 99 or 101. I'm very excited. We're yeah, very excited. To this have worked you. out very well. Yeah. Because I was like counting episodes. I'm like, we're like, oh shit, this yeah. is going to be number 100. So it, yeah, I think 400 is a, it's special to have, to have you on, to have a, uh, for me, it was like an accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like whenever we can get guests that, you know, at least for me, is like, they may not know who we are or, but if they even respond, it's like, oh shit, you know? You miss every shot you don't take, so it's Absolutely. like... Exactly. The TJ's yeah. definitely good at shooting his shot, so... Yeah. Um, and part, one of the things um, that we're, like, really big on, especially when we have guests on, is because we... TJ and I will always say, like, you know, we have this... Our unique story is this our unique story, and we have our perceptions on relationships and marriage and parenting and all things adult, but that's still just our perception and our perspective. And one of the, that's why we love to have guests on because we want to hear what their take is on certain things and how their life's experiences or their um, like professionally, personally have um, impacted their outlook on relationships, marriage, and the, everything. Um, everything under the sun quite honestly and, it, and it's, it's just great to be able to give people different perspectives because again every the, the biggest thing is about the transparency and for everybody again they just see that me and danny's been together since we were in high school but they don't see the fights they don't see the work that it takes and they don't understand like sending her a, a, a text message just to say you know something nice to her can can do something you know just something those small things, and then we're able to kind of just kind of talk through our problems. And then even if I feel like I'm right, I've had people who hit me up and be like, "You were wrong," you know. And that's my favorite. I have to be able to take. I got it on wax now. Yeah, no, no, definitely. But it. (laughs) But sometimes you know it it helps because I may feel however, and then I listen back, and I'll be like, "Damn, you was wrong here." And and then it's easier because again, when you're in your emotions, you're in your emotions, you know. You're going to say what you're going to say. You're going to do what you're going to do. But to be able to have something where you can go listen to it or have other people give you different opinions. Because I may feel like everything I said was right, but someone else gave me a different perspective. So... And with that being said, with you on today, um, I was kind of telling you beforehand when we started that I wanted the, or we wanted the theme of our conversation today to be kind of under, I put three words together, which was love, cancer, and culture. Um, and part of that is because you are a married man. You've been in a relationship and marriage for uh, well over a decade at this point. You said almost so it's 16. We've been married 10, 10 years, years and, and then together, together 15. 15. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you're, you you know, you speak in our language with like long term <laughs> right, right. and longevity and everything like that. And then um, uh, Jonathan actually is now two years cancer free. Right. Um, congratulations. Thank, you. thank God. Um, from testicular cancer. Right. And, um, then also is a part of the loudspeaker network, which we're going to touch on. So we're going to kind of touch on things in that order, right? Um, and a lot of times when we have guests, you want to give them kind of like a, as an icebreaker question, ease into things. Um, and feel free to marinate on this if you need to. What is the wisest and or kindest words you have ever been told? The wisest. 
Um, or kindest? Like, what's the nicest thing someone well, said to you? Well, let me. All right. So the wisest, my father-in-law, um, gave me a lot of gems like mm-hmm. early on, um, and I think one of the biggest ones that I didn't understand at the time, but I understand it now, is uh, never fight about money mm-hmm. with your spouse. Um, that was like one thing that always stuck in my head and I didn't get it at the time because we were like, we were broke. Mm -hmm. We were in our twenties. We were broke. We didn't have anything. We didn't know how to manage our money. Mm -hmm. You know, we were getting like bullshit checks, (laughs) like blowing them. So we didn't understand that. And I didn't understand that. And it it took, you know, for us to get like jobs and for her to get a, her job and all Mm -hmm. that. And then to see, um, the income grow to kind of understand like what he meant by that. And then to see, other people kind of like fall Mm -hmm. to that where they would fight about money. And I'm like, well, that's my wife. Like, it's Mm -hmm. all about transparency. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do something shady Mm -hmm. or do something with money. Because I think a lot of marriages, that's one of the things that marriages will bring. 100%. Yeah, Yeah. it's just money. And I think it's it's money, sex. Kids, kids, right? Like those are the biggest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We always say that. I always, I always say, if you wanna, if you wanna test a relationship or ruin a relationship, have a kid, and not in a negative way, but in the sense that the patience that you have to put in, the the sacrifice to change, like Danny being pregnant, but going through her master's program and everything else. I got to like, I have, I have a better appreciation for all women, because the fact that what they can do, I can't. Like, we can't have kids they can so it's like i have a better appreciation i've seen her body grow bigger and i still love her regardless of that but i've seen like i've had i've heard of people who's like nah she got too big for me and it's like yo she just had your child like so no definitely (laughs) yeah i don't think there's a scorecard like when you're married like Mm -hmm. you know because i did something means i'm up 10 points yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's just like we're here together and i think that's like what a lot of people forget Mm-hmm. Is that it's a team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like we're not stars. Like we're a team together, and like yeah. we're building something for the future. And I think that's like what he kind of instilled in me at a real early age. I mean, we lost him about five years ago. Sorry to hear that. But that was like a gem that kind of like stuck. And I remember that, and I remember like how I felt, where I was, mm. and it just stuck with me. And I didn't understand it, but now I do. Yeah. Got you. I definitely think that that's a big one because it's just because money's I mean everything costs money so it can be such a a, a point of stress um, oh, definitely. individually and then when you're talking about now like a household and family and things like that where income matters and to an extent and you know keeping up your lifestyle the way that you're comfortable and your comfortability all hinges and ties upon money but again like you said if you're a team then you know that like everything I'm doing is to help the team and mm-hmm. the same should be for your partner right um, well, thank you. That was a nice gem <laughs> to pass on to our listeners and then for us to keep it going. So since he's not here to uh, speak for herself, how did you meet your wife? I met her in college. Nice. Where'd you yeah. go to school? I went to Hunter College. Okay. okay. Yeah, I met her in bio class. I was a horrible student. <laughs> like, I don't know why I was in any of the sciences, but um, I met her there. And, you know, like the first semester, we mm-hmm. both... You know, we were with other people. Yeah. And then uh, towards the end of the semester, like, we broke up mm-hmm. with our other, you know. People the, you were dating, yeah. Those people don't matter anymore. Yeah. At, yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> At all. And then um, I think uh, 
uh, I think we had like a long break, uh-huh. and then we took the second part of Bio, mm-hmm. and that's where we kind of like you know we kind of hit it off like, but it wasn't like you know anything serious. Yeah, yeah, college, just like yeah. Yeah, and then the summer came, and we're like, oh, she's cool, and like you know she thinks I'm cool, and like we <laughs> hang out, and then you know it just became like something official, and yeah. it was beautiful because it was like I didn't expect her. I didn't expect anything from her. She didn't expect anything from me. We were just having a good time. And I never met someone like her. Mm. So I think that's what like attracted me the most from her. Like she was about, you know, her schooling. Like Mm -hmm. she was, I was there more to like have fun Mm -hmm. and kind of like try to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And like, she was like, she knew what she wanted to do. And, you know, she did great in those classes. I did horrible. Like, she didn't still, help you out, or she couldn't help you. weren't you were. Yo, actually, you, you know what? Help? You know, I, I, I think the first semester I asked her for some notes, and she never gave them to me. And like to this day, she's like, "No, you didn't come those days that I had the notes." And I'm like, "I never saw those notes." See, you're not gonna yeah. fight about money. You're gonna fight about them bio notes. Yeah. You're like, you know what? Like, you could have helped me out. You could have looked out. Um, that's really that's cool. I think you know it's always nice when it's like really organic. Um, you know, TJ and I we met because his cousin went to my high school and long story short my friend had a crush on his cousin and so I was the friend that was like come with me so I can run into George blah 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 and in turn like we were at a basketball court on 110th street and he walks in and I thought he was the goofiest thing I've ever seen and then that was kind of like the beginning of all of this. I wasn't goofy first off. Okay. You know, you say tomato, I say tomato. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I wasn't goofy. Perception is reality, right? I guess. That's, you, you walked in the... You, you here. In the, yeah. I am, but you walked in, I thought you looked goofy. That's cool. But anyway... You got it. Um, That's your But story. it just kind of went from there, and then, you know, and then it's like, I'm going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off, and then here we are, 16 yeah. years later, they never fallen off. Um, and you said, though, that your wife was... Uh, unlike anyone else that you've ever ever met before at that point in your life. So how did you know that your wife was like the one? How did you know like she was like, all right, you're it. I don't want anybody else. Well, I don't think I can think of a, like, I don't think I could think of life without her mm. is what it is. Like, I don't think That's my fair. life would be better mm-hmm. without her. You know, like it's, it's a team for us. It's a team. Like mm-hmm. we're here, like she's my ride or die. And mm-hmm. like, and I don't know, like rap bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. like she's my ride or die. And mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, there wasn't like one particular thing that happened. I think it's just been a lot of things mm-hmm. that have proven like, yo, we're here for each other. And, you know, she's, I can't think of life like without her. Like, That's fair. Um, I can share the same sentiments. Um, for me, it's like, that is kind of my, my meter. Like, me and Danny are beefing. I'm still like, I love her. Like, we can be, like, at war, but I'm still like, I, like you said, I couldn't imagine life without her. Like, I, would, I, I wouldn't want to be beefing with anybody but her. Like, I couldn't imagine beefing with somebody else. So I can definitely understand that. Yeah. For me, it was always, I knew, so, like, we were, you know, again, we were teenagers, you know, when we met. and yeah. And... Well, while it was a little like jarring and scary in the beginning, but TJ was just like to be 17, 18, 19 years old. And he was like so sure about how he felt about me. Cause you know, and I mean, not to completely like put guys all in the same bucket, but especially at that age, just like, I want to date, I want to play the field. I wanna, you know, I say one thing, I mean another, but TJ was always just like, nope, you're it. Like, and was very like 
explicit and direct about how he felt about me. And so sometimes it was like a little a little scary because I'm like, you're my first boyfriend. Oh, man, right <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah. You, <laughs> listen, like, I, for me, it was like I, I was lucky. Shoot or shoot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was lucky she was there and she was perfect for me. So it was just like, and, and I've, I always say I've seen like, you know, my cousins, my friends go through these things, go, go through these different issues and they may have a perfect girl, but they're treating them bad because of society tells us as a man you're supposed to explore but if i have something that's perfect why even test it you know so for me it was it was, it was easy like she never made it hard or anything like that i was still able to be myself i can be as goofy as i want i can go out during valentine's day what three right right before tatum was born i went to uh all-star weekend oh yeah and you know other friends, girls, like when I speak to them, they were just like, I would never, but Danny's never stopped me like, from. Bye, have yeah. fun. <laughs> she even gave me like a nice little packet, some ones to go to the strip club if you went. Like, so for me, it was just like, when you find something perfect, why even test it, you know? So, yeah. can I do some of the questions or are you going to do them? No, more? no, I'm you just got asking, it. You got you know, cause, it. Because you was taking all of them. I apologize. I realized that after I asked like the third one. My bad. Go ahead. Uh, you know, okay. How has marriage changed you? I think it's made me a better person. Um, it's centered me. Mm. I think before I wasn't, I was kind of not in a good place in the sense where I knew what I wanted to do with my life. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's it's weird because like when you're when you're young, when you're a teenager, like you have all these dreams, but there's no plans behind it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, like. You know, people in my family are like, yeah, maybe you should become a doctor. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll become a doctor. But it's like, you got to put a lot of hard work into that. So, so that's how you ended up in that bio class. Yeah, right? that's how I ended in that bio class because I'm like, let me try this out. So, you know, just to go back to your question, I think it's made me a better person because I have like someone else that's pushing me that wants me to be a better person and vice versa, too. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'll push her. Yeah. She'll push me. And it's kind of like that. That's the type of relationship that I think benefits me in the long run. And it's benefited her. And I think that's the reason why we're together for 10 years. Where I know other people who, like, they haven't been together for 10 years. Like, my marriage has outlasted my mom and my dad's first mm. marriage, mm. you know. And there's a couple other ones that we've outlasted. And it's like, we're not doing anything that I think is difficult. Yeah, like revolutionary. It's yeah, just like... it's just like we're here for each other. Mm -hmm. We talk. Like, um... You know, one one thing that's big is like knowing the difference between um, like quality time versus time together. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> like time, sometimes we'll mistake like uh, time together as quality time. So mm -hmm. like maybe watching TV together, like that's just time together. That's mm -hmm. not like quality time. Like so sometimes what we like to do is just kind of like turn off the TV, mm -hmm. like just let's talk, mm -hmm. you know, and then we'll like realize you've been talking for a couple hours mm -hmm. you know and it's kind of like a, i call it a check-in like every mm -hmm. every so often we got to have a check-in we're like yo what's going on like how are you feeling mm -hmm. you know because it's like we're getting older definitely mm -hmm. you know and like the plan is to like die together <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean so me and dan we always say that uh relationships is not a job but, but, it's, it, work. but it's work like and i think that's the difference. I think a lot of people don't understand the work that goes into it. I think a lot of people get married because of because of like the reception, like the party, the party. That's that's yeah. all they think about, and then they, they they have this big party, spend all this money, 
and then they realize they don't really like each other or they don't they're not going to work with each other or they've ignored like massive red flags yeah. like and you are so right and we've like because we've had some friends who've like you know they've gotten married and gotten divorced since we've been married and that it like there were red flags or you know or things that came out of left field that like they because they weren't transparent and honest with each other one or both of them and it's it you know i think the point about like paying attention to the signs and not just trying to and then also trying not to fit into some type of um mold or society societal norm of like okay well now you're 27 so you should be married and start trying for families you know it's like no like everybody moves at their own pace and one thing you know that TJ and I especially used to get when we like were in college and like right out of college like oh you are so high school school you are so so cute it's so cute oh we love it and we're like and we used to, we to this day we're always like yeah we're but we're the exception not the rule like not please like this is what happened and worked out for us. This is not what exactly we set out to for. I said, but it's just it is what it is, and you know, but and don't let that us be a model for what you think you should be doing. And there were still like um, so many bumps along the way that and crossroads that we sometimes we had to come to about whether or not we keep going forward or we go our separate ways. But you know, when we were, we were willing to, like put in the work, and I I also like what you touched on about it being about spending time together, like time together versus quality time, because I probably used to be a subscriber of like, well, we're in the same room, so we're spending time together. But understanding like that kind of brings back to like, even this, like this podcast has been a hundred times where we have sat down and like phones are on silent, there's no TV, no baby, no, you know, nobody else or- Well, more uh, recently, Tatum's been- Tatum, Tatum has definitely been trying to be a guest co-host on the show sometimes because she won't stay in her room. But, um, you know, but having those like moments of conversation where we get to talk about how we're feeling, what's going on in our world, what's happening in the world around us. But it's just, you know, doing it in front of our microphone. But it still works for us because, you know, we leave the table knowing each other a little bit better, clearing things up that maybe like all the days leading up to that when we record it not making sense or us being upset or miscommunication so i really feel like that's important um so thank you for that what challenges have you and your wife faced like since being married um i guess like changing the direction in our life okay so you know um i think for her going to another job was something big for her like you're speaking our language yeah i think uh leaving something that she was comfortable in to take a chance and it worked for her i think Mm -hmm. that's what it is i think for me um one of the challenges was like still trying to figure out you know this whole podcasting thing Mm. and then kind of um things that happened in the past with shows that i've produced and and all that and kind of like having this point in life like like should i keep doing this like Mm -hmm. you know so i think those have been like the major challenges like i would say in like the last like five years Mm -hmm. gotcha yeah yeah i think and like part of why we kind of had that like inside joke snicker is because like that's 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 so that's Danny's situation right now i'm I'm sorry i'm cutting you off that's her situation right now and danny's Danny's always been very, like, particular in how she does things. Like, everything has to kind of go a certain way, and she doesn't like change. So, like, if we said we got to... if if like if, abrupt change. If, if, if a party's at 8 o'clock, she wants to be there at 7.50. No, I don't. Well, go like, ahead. So, you know, with, with this, she got sick, 
And when she, so first step back, as a teacher, I've learned that like, it's like a sin for them to like call out or anything like that. So my wife will literally like, she gets up at like 530 in the morning. She oh, may not come home until God 530 bless. at night, <laughs> but then she still come home. She got to be a parent. She still got, you know, the teachers do a lot. So, you know, but I think Danny got sick and when she got sick, she kind of had like a realization like, I can't do this forever. Not say anything bad about teaching, but she kind of wanted to make changes. So then she applied, got got the job. And this is how Danny always is. Whenever she applies for stuff, she always gets it for the most part. So she applies for the job. And then now the crossroad is she's going to have to like leave her kids earlier. So she's sad about it, but she's also happy. But it's like she's at that crossroad because it's like this is, this is going to be a whole different change for her. Right. And I'm always telling her like, you know, this is pretty much, this is what you wanted, so you got it, like. But it's just, it's hard. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm I get cancer, it. I'm sensitive about my shit, I'm always in my feelings. That's fair. And, like, and you, like I was, you, it's so hard to not, especially like this, this is a field where, like, relationships are so crucial to getting the job done of educating mm-hmm. and the the time and effort spent, like, and, you know, and these kids deal with a lot of, like, if people like abandon them, you know, like, you know, education in America is like a lot, leaves a lot, little to be desired because, you know, people come in and they'll be like, oh, this is not for me. And they'll leave two months into the job, six months into the job. And so like, you know, you'll have kids who have had, not had a consistent teacher for three, four, five years. So now, so I, you know, I, I swore like that. I'm, I'm just somebody who I never, I always finish what I started. That's what it is. So that is where it gives me like, Anxiety. anxiety and frustration because I want to enjoy it but I don't want to like at not at the expense of my kids feeling like I've abandoned them but that's why I go to therapy and my therapist gave me some gems on Friday no, definitely. and about how to like approach it and how it's a you know a, it's a, a, an opportunity for me to model how success doesn't always come in the way that you expect it to and and also about being accountable like you know the, especially like my core group of kids that like they have my number we talk all you know all the time that like when i say i'm gonna be there i can still be present for them and and you know show that just because i'm not there every day with you physically doesn't mean i'm gone forever um and i think that it's um and that and that's the thing like i think that it's a it's important to have a partner who will encourage you and push you and remind you of like all the good things that you're doing or the reasons why you, you made the decision that you did because sometimes you get you know we all get in our own head sometimes so then you're like oh my god you know you're reeling from it but i'm grateful for that <laughs> this is not my interview this is your um because clearly i can talk a lot um so you have an eight-year-old daughter i do yes and we have an almost three-year-old daughter and like tj was saying like children game changers right and for you, if you had to describe it, how do you feel like having a child when you had your daughter and since the eight years since, how's that impacted the equation that is you and your wife? Well, for one, time has gone by so fast. Yes, mm. it yeah. does. Like, I, that's the one thing I didn't expect mm-hmm. for time to go by this fast. So, you know, she's eight, she's in third grade. And we're like, where's she going to high school? <laughs> Which is like a crazy thing to say. Like, she's only in third grade. Oh, we, we do that all the time. Yeah, I'm like, why am I thinking about high school right now? But I'm, I'm thinking about high exactly, school. Exactly, yeah, because you, you blink and now she's like in third grade. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you know, I think the dynamic has gotten better. We've gotten closer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the dynamic was always moving in that direction where we wanted to have a kid and we had my daughter and mm-hmm. 
it's good like there's that bond there's that connection mm-hmm. um i don't i don't think like it's changed too much in the sense where like you know if we didn't have a daughter we wouldn't be close yeah but i think it's definitely made us a lot closer was there like an adjustment period for you guys where you had to you know, I'm, and I'm, we're still kind of early in still the <laughs> early years. So, right. you know, thinking if you kind of could think back on like bringing home baby, infancy, toddlerhood, where did you have like those growing pains of like adjusting to that life? Because that was something that he and I, TJ and I really kind of struggled with like in the beginning because I wanted him to do more. And I felt like he wasn't. And he, you know, and he was like not getting why I was like always tired. Right. So I, Yes and no. We had different expectations. And also, my mother always always said how my father did whatever. So Danny thought it was going to be the same thing. But that was one of the, that was one of the times that I think me and Danny did not have like a clear like conversation. We weren't transparent about what she would think she would need versus. And you know, we had to. You know, we met at a crossroad, and she expressed that. And then you know, you make you make the changes. Because right. my thing was like. I'm going to get in where I fit in. Like, if I see that I, you know, need to pick up Tatum, I'll pick her up, stuff like that. But I think Danny was, because my father would take care of the mornings, my mother would do the nights type situation. So she had an expectation. Had the mornings and the nights and the afternoons. So. Well, you was also home majority of the day, but I would come home and I would take Tatum. But you, you were expecting me to do what the stories you heard. Yes, I And did. that was an unfair thing because, again, we never had those type of conversations. So. Fair. You were holding me accountable for something that I had no idea I was being held accountable for. With that being said, <laughs> how did you guys deal with that? I think if you have help, like reliable help, I think you should accept it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like that uh, It Takes a Village oh. line is like, that's like facts. 100%. Hardcore facts. Right there. And then my next advice is like to make time for yourselves, like mm-hmm. the both of you. Yeah. Did you so? Did you have the like? I mean, not saying any like similar to us, but like, did you guys yeah. have to go those growing pains of like parental growing pains? I didn't. I didn't expect. Like, I didn't know what to expect when I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, she didn't sleep <laughs> like much <laughs> at all. Yeah, like she didn't sleep at night. She was like kind of fussy at first. Um, so like that sleep deprivation plus like having an infant in your house and like that was just a lot. <laughs> so like my mom would come through and, you know, she would bring food and like I'd be like, OK, I'm going to go sleep right now. Mm-hmm. And we would just knock out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's tough. Like I don't I don't understand how like some people have a kid and like they're not in their life. Like I have, you know, there's certain people I know who are like they're not there and i'm like how can you do that i agree with you just off the off the fact that like there's so much to do it's like such a little person yeah Yeah, like you got like you got to keep them alive like yeah yeah i i remember that part like when she was i mean even now but like especially when she was like little little, you're talking like the first days weeks months home and oh yeah i used to like i'm like yo i have to keep this human alive it's scary 100 percent. i used to like if she was sleeping i would go in there and i would like Yeah, I would check yeah, her breathing, yeah. but I would like move her to make sure that she's gonna move. Cause you know I've heard yeah. about like and SIDs I, and, and I'd stuff curse like that. Because I'm like she's sleep, let her sleep. Yeah, but, but I, like to me, like this is our first time, so I'm I'm still kind of like, nah, she's too quiet. Like, yeah, so. my daughter, I think like a month in, she slept through the night one night, and we didn't sleep. Mm. Yeah. Cause we were like something's wrong. So like every couple minutes, we would get up and like check to make sure she was like alive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I know. Yeah. yeah, one time she slept through the night, and like I think I. 
and it might have been like and through the night you know when you have an infant it's like 6 a.m and no and like you know it's been like six hours or something. i think i damn near jumped out my skin like because like i didn't you know like when you you know you're asleep and you're like in your brain you're like wait a minute i'm feeling a little too rested mm-hmm. like, like almost like when your, your alarm doesn't go off or something like that so when that happened i like flew out of the bed and went into her room and found her and i was like okay everything's fine now but i i'm i'm right there with you um well, thank you for that. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to like switch gears, right? So we kind of covered the who is Jonathan Mena as the husband and father. And now we're going to kind of talk, talk about um, your cancer diagnosis and, you know, that and how also still how that ties into your relationship. Um, so um, we had already kind of touched on like how we've we both have had like personal experiences with cancer in our lives with our loved ones. And um when you first got your diagnosis, um, what were like some of the first thoughts that went through your head? It was fast. Mm-hmm. Like it was real fast. Um, I got a lump in my testicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching TV mm-hmm. like late night and I just got up and like my hand grazed my mm-hmm. testicle and like I felt something there and it felt like those little rubber 25 cent balls you get at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think anything of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing you do is WebMD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I forget what it said, but I didn't think anything of it. And then it just started to grow. And then my back started to hurt. Mm-hmm. And then my wife was like to go down to the doctor. And I went and, you know, like, I don't I don't cheat on my wife. But mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is like something in my testicle. Like, mm-hmm. my concern was like, damn, she's going to think I'm like cheating on mm-hmm. her. Like, it's some STD or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, that's what I was more concerned <laughs> about, like. It's like, but, I don't want her thinking I stepped out on yeah, her. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm out here being dirty or something. <laughs> no, yeah. I see. I would think, like, like, you know, like, ingrown hair. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because you could, like, those those can be painful, especially. So, I get that. Um, and then, well, I'll take this next one. And then, Go ahead. And my next question was about this because, and I, I wrote this question because I kind of thought about my dad. Um were you like once you knew what it was? Were you more scared or angry? Cause my dad was angry um, at first, and he was like a, such a slow to anger man. So the fact that he was so very angry when he found out, cause he was stage four at that point when he found out. Um, so I guess that was like my question for you, just to kind of get some insight. I was like, I just want this out. Mm-hmm. Like I knew the prognosis. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife is a nurse yes so you know she kind of broke it down for me and Mm -hmm. i knew you know she's like the best person to have in my corner Mm -hmm. but um i just wanted it out Mm -hmm. i my biggest concern like after that was there was a chance that i might have to do chemo Mm -hmm. and that's what i was focusing on like preparing myself like if i have to do chemo you know how to explain this to my daughter like Mm -hmm. because i'm i pick my daughter up i drop her off and i pick her up Mm -hmm. so you know i'm not going to be there for that part so it was kind of like mentally preparing myself for that part okay if it did happen and luckily it it didn't happen i don't know i I felt like that year that whole year was weird just from like a professional life like relationship and all that and then just to kind of get cancer and then have surgery, and then I'm fine, mm-hmm. was kind of like, it just came out of nowhere, you yeah. know? It just kind of felt very quick. Yeah. Was it kind of surreal? Yeah, at times it was. Mm-hmm. You know, at times, because I never had surgery before. Mm-hmm. And then, 
you know, looking back, I thought like, damn, like, all right, so it was like testicular cancer, but what if this was, you know, something inside and I didn't know mm-hmm. and I had let it grown and all that. Like, so I, I kind of felt lucky in a sense where I caught it early, but then scared, like, mm-hmm. it had been something inside. Yeah, definitely. You know? oh, yeah. Um, so my father, he had prostate cancer and they caught it like real early. And it was, it was, but he had the option. He could have gotten, I think he could have gotten chemo or they could have taken it out. Um, and they was like, if you take it out, these are the prop like issues or whatever. But by taking it out, it pretty much guarantees that it won't come back. But if we do the chemo and then it does come back, then I think, th- I think they wouldn't have been able to operate on them. So my mother was like, take it out. Like <laughs> do, do, do that. But I, I think it was like fear of like not being able to like keep an erection or stuff like that. Like it was, it was more of a like I guess the ego thing, masculinity thing. Like, damn, I got to do this. But yeah, he wound up removing it, and he's been cancer free for is it seven years? Six yeah, because he it happened yeah. right after we got married. Yep. So, so. twenty thirteen. Yeah. So my so and my dad had something internal, so it was stomach cancer, but it had like metastasized to his like liver and lungs, and you know it was just and. Yeah, so it went it went everywhere and when and you know, part of I think why my dad was so angry at the time was because he was kind of like he'd always been kind of like very like a quintessential man of like he went to the doctor when like my well, and my parents are divorced, but when they were together, like my mom was like the one who was like, Take your ass to the doctor, go over here. It's so, like she kinda of made put prod at him about the appointments so that after they got divorced, he kind of like fell by the, those things fell by the wayside. But then this was like the one time when he had he you know, months back he had not been feeling well so he kind of was going to the doctor and they were sending him to like a specialist here a specialist there but because he didn't like have he didn't he i which i still sometimes get annoyed with thinking about this which is like he didn't really know his history his family history as well so because he had had he spoken on it they probably would have maybe directed him to like an oncologist right. sooner and because i'll never forget we sat in the oncologist's office and it's like me my sister and tatum who was like five months old at this point and we like drove up to new york and we're in there with them and then where like he was like they're asking like in a family history and I'm like didn't I'm like didn't grandpa have cancer when he died and then like I'm on the phone with my mom and even though my parents have been divorced for now like almost what eight nine years or whatever my mom was like giving like the entire family tree of like every man on this side of the family had cancer how does your father not remember this and like that part was the part that really like I think pissed him off because he was like I kind of was doing what I was supposed to do as like going to the doctor and then they were missing. They were they were sending him on like a wild goose chase, and now it's terminal. You know, um, you found it out very quickly. Was there anyone that you were like, like, excuse me, that it was like hard for you to tell, or that you were like worried about telling be, that you had cancer? Uh, my daughter, okay. for one. You know, my parents, um, my mother in law. They were like real concerned. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you hear cancer, you think, you think the worst. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was being optimistic. Like, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew, like, whatever it was, like, even if I had to do the chemo, like, I was going to get ahead of all of it. But mm-hmm. telling them was hard. Got you. You know, and then I think I messed up when I told my daughter where I was like, you know, it's um, I have cancer. I might have to do this, but I'm not going to die. And then she kind of took that the wrong way because <laughs> yeah. she was like, oh, like, my, I, I guess she figured, like, my dad could die. Yeah. So... You know, she took it hard and she was like, I think in kindergarten yeah. when it, so, you know, but those were like the hard conversations oh, that definitely. I I regret 
to having to have him in the first place because I got cancer. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I wouldn't even. Th- like it's it's. That'd have been tough. Yeah, when you're that little, because I mean, shit, I was thirty, and I was like, the f- "You mean my dad has?" You thinking cancer. about that? I don't. I don't know if I would have told Tatum, like, I had cancer. I may have been like, "I'm sick." Daddy's sick and he's gonna need. I I don't know if I would have went. I don't know. Oh. I just wanted to be transparent. No, yeah, yeah that I, makes sense. I, I no, I definitely think that I definitely think you need to be transparent. I, but I'm just I'm just thinking like right now like maybe maybe my subconscious is like she's not gonna understand what it is. But Tatum knows so much at two, so maybe I would be able to tell you know. But. Yeah, that's we, a tough we gotta one. give credit. We gotta give kids credit for being 100%. way more in tune with what's going on right. around them than we we don't we don't give them enough credit for. And um, sometimes their memories are long. Like they they'll, they'll bring stuff up, and you're like, how do, how do you remember that? Or like, right. how do you even you know know this? And so I I fully understand that because and it's just a difficult it's such a difficult conversation to have. Period. And then like you're explaining it to your child, and you know when you're that little, especially like you know your parents are your world, like. The sun rises and sets on us, and so to, and then like I could see like how maybe death wasn't even like in her brain, her part of the equation until you brought it up. So now she's like, wait a minute, what do you mean? You know. Right. So I can definitely understand that. Um, so one thing I want to kind of touch on too with you is about um, now with like your relationship because you have your your wife who is I think specifically is an oncology nurse, right? And um, and you're, you know, you're diagnosed, and even though there, it was a, a kind of like a swift time period, it's still very intense. It's emotional. There's, you know, there's still uncertainty. And my question is then, was did you notice a shift in your relationship? How did you cope with that shift? Because in speaking to, to briefly speaking on our experience, like when my dad got sick, like it kind of made we went through it because of my attentions and energies and things being focused on uh, everything else but us so for you what did that happen or how did you guys like cope together as individuals i think there was like no time to really process our feelings at the time it was more like yo this is the problem this is what we have to do Mm -hmm. um you know there's a, a really good doctor oncology doctor that didn't have an appointment for like I think like two months Mm -hmm. and she just put on her you know her lab coat (laughs) and all that and she just went up to the office and she's like I'm so and so and Mm -hmm. then I got an appointment a few days later Mm -hmm. you know so like there was no real time to kind of process the feelings and I I felt like afterwards is when we kind of like had that time to really get in our our feelings bag like Mm -hmm. yo this is what happened this is probably how it happened Mm -hmm. you know kind of I never really focused on my health mm-hmm. at that point. Like I was, yeah. you know, I just didn't. A guy. <laughs> yeah, I was just being a guy. I was drinking. I was smoking. I yeah. was, you know, I wasn't focused on my health. Like yeah. you don't think of mortality. At least I didn't think of my mortality at that age. Like I wasn't like, mm. you know, I didn't have a lot of people who passed. Like everyone who passed was like either very old. Mm-hmm. I never had any like young friends who passed. Yeah. So kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I mean, I knew death was possible but i'm like i didn't but i'm when i say that i mean like because because you had no other references close in your age so it was, it's kind of like it was like a distant memory yeah. distant thought like, yeah and also i'm like i didn't i'm like how can i get cancer that was one of my biggest feelings i'm like how did i get cancer like, I'm like me yeah this <laughs> is like the weirdest like, <laughs> thing like it's just they came out of really out of nowhere 
definitely. Um, did so? Did you find that you, your wife, being an expert in the field of what what you were dealing with, was that always a blessing or sometimes a frustration? Because what I wonder is that sometimes you know when somebody's like super knowledgeable in an area that they can kind of like over explain or sometimes like take it's hard for them to take the the professional hat on and put like the like I'm your wife or I'm your husband hat on in the situation so like did you did y'all have any of those experiences no or just I'm like, always like explain everything yeah, <laughs> yeah like tell me Good. everything like I want to know everything Good. so she didn't you know she, she, didn't, she didn't buy her any words she like told me what it is mm-hmm. you know and at that same time too like my friend Reggie Combat Jack mm-hmm. had cancer mm-hmm. So, you know, she's kind of breaking it down, like, what was going on with him. And at times I felt guilty. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm going through my shit, mm-hmm. and he's going through his. And, like, you know, we had a little network of people who were, like, with him, yeah. kind of taking care of him. And then I had to step back. And yeah. my wife had to step back because I got sick. So yeah. felt a lot of guilt behind that, which I don't, I don't know. I'm still trying to process all that. It's, it's definitely, it's a lot to process. And, you know, I had, so, like, my... My cousin, my dad's niece, um, she um, is an, a nurse and um, she works, well, she's like kind of like the head ER nurse, I think, or whatever, but she was the one who had to like break it, down. break it down for me and my sister. She was like, and for us, it was more like, yo, just like love on your dad as long as you can because she, like, she was very transparent. She was like, this is not going to end well. And um, I, I did appreciate it because it was like, okay, at the very least, like I'm hearing this from someone who I know, like also loves my father, and but it's also like still a hard pill to swallow, is particularly with our outcome, because I'm like, okay, this is like, you know, and I'm being like a typical millennial, like as soon as like I heard that he, like why he was in the emergency room, I did all of the Googles and like WebMD and everything, right. like that, and I was like, fuck, like, and like so I kind of knew, but like she solidified it, but I just know sometimes like. When someone is like the resident expert, it can be like a blessing, but sometimes it can also be like a curse because it's like almost too much information. But I'm glad that in your case it worked out and it was like what was well received as well. Yeah, and she was an advocate. Like, yeah, I've never felt that I can get like finessed at the doctor, mm-hmm. which happens sometimes. Yes, like, it does. you know, people will lie to you or they'll tell you what they want to hear because, you know, people are emotional. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I can, I put my place, I put myself in sometimes their place and i could i could see why they would tell someone a lie just to kind of like get them like past it but no one was gonna bullshit her Mm -hmm. like she was on her like (laughs) yeah she was like that's what that bio class was for (laughs) every other class since then so i could be in this moment right now holding down my husband right exactly look at god see look at that so with being cancer free now for two two years what advice would you give to like men um, about cancer or just about their health, because I, Danny will always say like, if I get a paper cut, I would get it checked. So yes, I, I just always grew up that like anything anything that that isn't normal, I'm just gonna get a check. Like right. I'm not gonna wait. You know, I had like a contract. Yeah, that's what my wife likes to say. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I actually I get it from my mother. My mother was always like, today, um, she was giving my daughter grapes. I was like, you know. Don't forget to cut it. So she cut it in half. And then after a while, she was looking and she was like, should I cut it in twos or fours? I'm like, twos would be fine. She was, And then I knew it. As soon as I, I knew, as soon as she asked that, she was going to cut it in fours. And then she <laughs> went and cut it in fours. So that's always been my thing. So I'm always like, 
if something isn't if something's out of place, I just gotta go get a check. Just so Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the history is important, like mm-hmm. what you touched on. There's yeah. a lot of people who don't know their family history when mm-hmm. it comes to illness. And that's important. You're right. Because then you can be on a prevent instead of just going like being on the defense. Mm-hmm. It. So I think that's that's um real important. And then you know, go to the doctor. Like go get go get if you're out here like drinking, like mm-hmm. smoking a lot of weed and all that, like go to the doctor at least once a year, like go get checked out, go get a blood. You should exam. definitely get a physical every Yeah, day. at least like, go get a physical, go to the dentist, you know, yes. yeah. go do all that. Cause they can catch stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a um this is like totally unrelated, but like I have a student right now and he has this like massive growth on his neck. And it's but it's like and like I've like he had it like starting in December and it's just gotten exponentially bigger to the point now where he like it hurts for him to turn his head that way, um, and he's like and I'm like, you know, student like what, like what, like what's your mom saying like when are you getting this looked at when are you getting checked on, and basically it actually has it's something connected with like whatever's going like periodontal like with his teeth or his gums and stuff and so yeah it's like I, I mean I think ultimately it just has to be drained like I don't think it's cancer. I get gather it's not cancerous, but it's frustrating for me. Like as like looking at him as my student, but then also like the mom and me too. I'm like, oh my god, like this should have been rectified in December when he first like started having it. But I also know that like I'm, this, you know, the mom. I feel like you know is also doing the best that she can, and like there's appointments, and then there's like you know depending on like healthcare and like the level, the quality of the healthcare that they have. But I'm also looking at this like 13 year old boy with like this cyst the size of like. A grapefruit on the side side of his neck and it's also like messing with his head as far as like insecurity and like you know he doesn't want you know he keeps walking with like his hoodie kind of like wrapped like this so you know thankfully like his friends are good about it but it's just like that getting that stuff checked so that way you don't have to so like it's like whatever he has to get done he has to get this drained and he has to now deal with whatever's going on in his mouth because like it's apparently it's like connected Mm -hmm. and you know again not an expert but I agree with that like knowing the history making sure that you're going everywhere else and then i'm like a big advocate for like not only physical health but mental health and wellness too. Right. it's like go because the same way you go for a physical every year so there's a baseline so people can say okay when shit isn't right now they can say well everything was fine and then all of a sudden in 2020 Something this changed happened. so now yeah. you have like a point of reference but also too with like your mental health because i've in more recent times had very close friends deal with like mental health crisis but because you know, therapy is now kind of becoming more open and upfront with it. But, but, you know, in years past, it was very like hush hush um, or taboo that there's no like baseline. And I'm watching her and her family and us as her circle go through the motions of getting her where she needs to be um, and getting kind of back to square one with, with her mental health and wellness. But, you know, hindsight being 2020, there were signs, but we didn't know because nobody had a, a baseline. Um, that's real important yeah and I really appreciate you being like super transparent about about your experience and because um, we've talked with people about so many different things as far as like how it impacts relationship but we have never never talked about how like someone's sudden change in health can impact a relationship because it really can take a toll and you know I know that you were like, you had your experience but you were also very fortunate that it was kind of like almost in a vacuum of sorts where like it was recognized it was early it was dealt with and you've been dealing you've been well since then but even still like is there a do you have like a, a 
a thought in the back of your head about it coming back or about... Oh, yeah. Like, when I get a little pain yeah. or something like, like that. Like, 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 did I sleep wrong or is my back hurting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You know, or if something's swollen, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got to go back. So, mm-hmm. I'm, like, on top of, like, my appointments yeah. mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And just, you know, in general, just taking better care of myself. Yeah. I saw you did a... Um, yeah, I did a 10K. A 10K. I yeah. saw that. that was, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. How I was that? A, Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying, how was yeah. that? Oh, it was good. I trained for it. Like, I, I did my thing. And, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to run a race every month leading up to the Brooklyn Half Marathon, mm. which is in May. And then I got to run a few more races, and then I'll get a spot in the marathon next year. Wow. Oh, yeah, because you have to, like, qualify, right? Yeah, you got to do, like, nine races yes. and volunteer one. So well, Yeah, one of my um, my line sisters, she did the, um, Yodi, she did the yeah. New York City Marathon, I think, of years ago but i remember she had to do all the ones to like qualify for it right i did the baltimore half marathon a couple <laughs> years ago i did not train for it how'd you do i fucking sucked you know i did it i did it, <laughs> I did it because so my other line sister was doing it to like honor she was kind of on her health kick and she did she did it to honor her grandfather who had passed recently for from alzheimer's and nobody would do it with her because everybody's like bitch i ain't doing a half marathon so it's i was 13 miles yes and so I was like trying to be a good sorority sister, trying to, you know, being like, all right, I'll like I'll do it with you. And I about I never knew Baltimore was that fucking hilly. And until I was like, oh my God. Like, so it took me like I did like I was like just under like four hours or something like that. But I finished and I was sore as fuck afterwards. How'd because, you feel? Like um Physically terrible, but I was like proud of myself because I said, okay, I'm like, I can go the rest of my life saying I did a half marathon. Did I run it? No. But did I walk it, power walk it? Like felt like I was dying sometimes, ate the little like Gatorade chews. Like it was definitely like I got a glimpse into this like culture of like running that I had never been a part of and never have been since. But I have an appreciation (laughs) for because I'm like, you know, and I was just I was trying to be a good friend, you know, so I'm like I did it with her. So she wasn't totally alone. So it was a very cool experience. I got the really nice heavy metal in the shape of a crab because, of course, Baltimore. But you know what that metal is? Um, yes, it's in the house. Okay. <laughs> okay. Somewhere in the house. Right so that means, uh, I used to I used to have it hung up when I before I started teaching. I used to have it hung up at my like desk at my old job. But then when I started teaching, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't remember where I put it. Um, now I have you know Tatum's work up there, so just as monumental uh, right. a prize of her daycare. Well, congrats! Art. Thank you, yeah. and good luck to you and your future. Yeah, thank you. Endeavors. Um, so we're going to do our final shift, um, and talk to you a little bit about your life in the podcast industry, right? So um, I would be we would be poor interviewers if we didn't do a little homework and stuff so the other day you tweeted right somebody asked about what was the title of your memoir and you said my mom doesn't understand what i do for a living so i just tell her i fix computers right which i definitely chuckled at um so how would you you know for us who are a little bit more savvy than i fix computers how would you want to describe what you do in within like the podcasting world what do i do so um right now nothing because I'm taking a, a small break okay. from podcasting, but uh, I produce podcasts, so mm-hmm. I scout talent. Mm-hmm. Um, I either come on to an existing one, mm-hmm. or you know, we'll just develop it from the ground floor, and that's everything from you know finding the photographers, mm-hmm. the producers, editors, mm-hmm. like the whole shebang. Like if you got a good idea, I'll come and we'll make it happen. Got you, got you. How did you like, like? 
before podcasting was like kind of so I feel like it's one of those words that like same way people say like toxic and triggered in 2020 and 2019 like podcast is another one of those words so like how did you kind of find your way into this field? community um so I I originally I went to school and I, I was doing journalism okay. in school so that kind of like pivoted to uh, being very active on social media. And mm-hmm. from there, I met um, most of the guys from the Combat Jack show. Mm-hmm. And they were still internet radio at the mm-hmm. time. And I, you know, they were like, they needed help. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to them and they hit me back. And then I was like, I never left. Okay. And then I was just kind of like, shoot. yeah, I was like in the mix. And then, you know, one thing, they had me on one show and then that one kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. And then they brought me on for the Combat Jack show. And, you know, for one, like, real specific thing, just to edit it. But I'm like, yo, you guys need this. You need that. So, mm-hmm. like, let me do that for you. And then I never left. Like, that's the thing. You got to make yourself valuable. That's I, I say all the time. Like, I got, you got to leverage the skills that you do have. Right. When I first started teaching, I, like, was a career change. And I'm teaching special education to elementary students. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And, um, but I made myself, like, useful in other ways. Because at the time when I started teaching, I was, like, the young, one of the relatively the youngest person in the building so I knew how to like work the smart board and without right. relative ease and things like that so I was like so I became like the tech person at my school and my principal appreciated that because that, that way I was like okay so if I kind of like suck or like I'm not great in these areas I'm like useful in these, in these areas so they'll keep me on and not fire me because I'm good at these things and then I'm like and that way I can work on getting better at like being a teacher right so because the talent gets you in the door but the hard work Keeps you there. Yeah, keeps yeah, you no, there. definitely. Yeah. Um, what are your greatest podcast moments experiences? Oh man, I got a bunch. Um, <laughs> you know, I think all of them happened like after the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of Combat Jack show moments that we should have like recorded, we didn't because mm-hmm. we were just like having fun and just kind of like talking about like life mm-hmm. after the show. Um, you know, it was like a brotherhood, man. Like I, I, those guys, I'm real tight with them. Like now, I mean, we fight, like yeah. as you know, friends do, as friends do. But I think like kind of what we build and the legacy for you know for that particular show, and you know, the way it ended wasn't how any of us imagined. Mm-hmm. But I think what we built in those years was like I don't I don't think anyone's come close to to doing. And I hope someone does like their own version of it like don't don't do that one but do like your own mm-hmm. for it and i you know if like if we did anything that you can take from it is like we gave a blueprint so like if you yeah. can take it like do it yeah because i mean everybody i feel like you know everybody knows loudspeakers like if you like you have to be living under a rock to be in this like community this industry whatever you want to call it and not know that but i do i think that there's like definitely a, a sense of like trailblazing that you guys did and, and setting the tone for everything that has come. Um, but with that being said, like, you know, so much has podcasting has been such has blown up um, and changed and morphed over the last few years. Um, so what are some things that maybe like frustrate you about the landscape that uh, or like from you, you talk from like the beginning to now or just anything about this whole kind of podcasting world? Is there anything that like frustrates you about it? Um, I think I meet a lot of people who are like, they focus on the money mm. first. So, you know, they might be popping on, you know, social media mm-hmm. and then they come and like, they don't put the hard work. I don't think there's anyone that I've ever worked with who didn't like work hard. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
you know, my last podcast was Star Brim, mm-hmm. and like that girl worked. Mm-hmm. Like she worked real hard. Like mm-hmm. she was dedicated to her podcast. Mm-hmm. But you know, I meet other people who might have like a similar following to her, and they'll come and they'll be like, "Well, you know, like where's my check?" I'm like. Like you gotta put some work in. Exactly. Like it ain't. It's not the flip of a switch. Yeah, it ain't. A, I'm not an ATM. Like I can't, <laughs> you know, flip a switch and then like give you like money. Like yeah. you gotta put in work. Like and I think for her, like she, right now she's on maternity leave. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So you know, like she put in work. Like she was very active with it. I think she came in with the game plan and I think we executed. Mm-hmm. And then you know she has to take a break, which I I you know I appreciate her for doing that. Yeah. You know like. I had a, you know, my wife was pregnant. She had to take a break. And, like, she, like, she could have done it. Like, yeah. we definitely, like, offered, like, if we want to set up, like, a home studio. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I respect the fact that she's, like, nah, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to have this baby and, like, Focus on yeah, being a be a mom. And, like, I'll come back if I come back. And, like, I'm not mad at that. Yeah. You it's know? fair because it's, like, it's a lot. And it's, like, would you rather it be, like, done with, like, less you know people being distracted or it not being to like the 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 full potential which you can like direct your energy versus like you know kind of like an all or nothing thing like i'd rather direct my energy towards this and then when i'm ready to come back or like divide my time i'd rather do it when i'm ready versus coming back too soon and i mean i could talk for another hour about you know the state of like how we treat women or parents anyway with like maternity paternity leave and like you know because having a baby is a lot of work oh definitely so um because like in my last job um that was like so i I got uh selected to like be a part of like a group to advocate and that was like one of my things so paternity leave was only a week you know so i had to like use my own personal which is crazy right yeah Yeah. like what do you gotta do in that week the mothers got i think four weeks but that was like one of the things I, i advocated for i'm like one week is not enough time and then, so they they took my idea and we came up with the game plan that it'll, they'll extend it. So it went from one week to two week, and then from two week to four weeks. And then now, like when I left, it was at six weeks for the men and then eight weeks for the women. So, but yeah, I don't think that sometimes we, we realize that you need that time. You know, I know I didn't, I didn't really understand it, but once I seeing Danny go through it and I'm seeing that like, she's going to be home with the baby by herself. It's like, nah, I, I definitely need this time. Like, you know, right. if, I, if I waste all my time, I waste all my time. And I don't think, as Danny said, I don't think we, we kind of talk about those. We, we, like, it's always been like the social norm is that the woman does it and the father just goes to work. But as a father, you should want to be there for, your mo- for, for the mother of your child. You should want to make sure that she's mentally able to yeah. you know care for the child so right. so i mean i so like to your point like i could definitely also see and respect that like her decision to like take a break because you and you want and you want to be committed to what you're doing ultimately like you and you want to put your best foot forward right. and you want to be like the best representation of yourself it's also a business it yeah. is, which yeah. i don't i don't think a lot of people understand like this is like i'm not at the studio mm-hmm. to have fun with you yeah like I'm in a different place in my life. Like I don't <laughs> like that stuff doesn't impress me. Like yeah. you drinking a lot of bottles, you smoking weed. Like yeah. like it's a job. Like, it's a job. Like I'm here. Like yeah. I'm, I could be at home. You know, like with your family. Yeah, like you know, hugging my wife <laughs> in bed. Like I don't have to be here. So I don't think a lot of people go into that with that with that mind frame. Like this mm-hmm. is a business, and also like we got to talk money. Like mm-hmm. at first, like I'm I don't like. I think this is a big problem. For in our communities, we're like people wait for something to get hot, 
mm. start making money from it and they're like well what's the splits and then that's where the problems happen i'm like mm. have that combo like now really like, yeah. have it now like figure out where everyone stands don't wait until it's hot and then everyone has like problems because yeah. they feel like they owe they're owed more than they really are so i'm like have you know be an adult like it's an uncomfortable conversation but be an adult and like let's talk because like i think money is what ruins a lot of shows as well Mm. because they'll get this money people feel like well you know i did 80 percent of the work and others will feel like well no i did it and then you know (sighs) then you're beefing over dumb stuff when like the bag is here like go get that money because this you know i tell this to a lot of people it's like a short window for this like you might be hot this summer and then you're like not you're you're not (laughs) like at the end of the summer Mm -hmm. you know like there's no there's a few shows that have longevity yeah and like we know those shows like i think one that i see probably like from our circle Mm -hmm. who's gonna have like a real longevity is joe like Mm -hmm. button's gonna have one just because that shows it's easy to produce because it's just like those guys in that room shooting the shit yeah shooting the shit and you know he's it's Joe's like a veteran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's like retired from rapping. So he, I want to hear him talking about like rap, rap shit. Mm-hmm. And those other guys like Rory's, you know, he's mm-hmm. in the music industry. Maul has his connections. Park's an engineer. Yeah. But yeah, it's like there's that window. Like there's a lot of shows that are hot now that like they're slowly declining. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's like those shows that have like a real like niche, like, like the ones that are like kind of very specific as far as like the 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 brand or the content that they cover are the ones that like could be like here today gone tomorrow or do you think it's do you think it's more so like the ones that are like very broad because like i mean a lot of a lot of shows are like very like pop culture oriented which is like easy because there's always pop culture fodder and everything like that but like in your experience do you think that there are um those ones that are very specific or very broad or the ones that are like more here today gone tomorrow i think it's you gotta consider the audience Mm. like you know, there's a reason why there's like a new boy band every year. It's because mm-hmm. that audience is here. They grow up. They grow up and then they're not here anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think you got to think of terms of like, who's your audience? Mm-hmm. And then what eventually, like, what do you want to do? Like, maybe this is just a jumping point to mm-hmm. do movies or to do something else. TV music. Got yeah. It. Just like I tell when I work with people, I'm like, be realistic with this. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to make a lot of money with this? Maybe not. Like, mm-hmm. are we going to have fun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to maybe use this as a jumping point to like something else? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've had people where I've recorded, there's like a bunch of pilots like sitting on my hard drive of like (laughs) shows from like, you name it, who are like, this is not going to work. This is not. Yeah. I think people, yeah, I really, I think people don't think about what it go what goes into it. Cause you know, and I think it's funny you talk about that cause and nothing would make you the perfect guest for our hundredth episode because TJ and I have had to like make those decisions of like you know what like we have to make the commitment to do this every week because there's days and not even just because like yeah we're married and sometimes we're like not seeing it for each other whatever but just sometimes like because we're doing this and trying to make this be committed to it and do it consistently but then also still like doing our actual jobs and being married and having a child and like all the other responsibilities that come with it but at the same time we don't want to have like a half-assed product at uh, every week so like you know when we talk about like making those decisions like with star brim like when this past summer 
you know, at the beginning of the summer, TJ had weight loss surgery. At the end of the summer, I had the weight loss surgery and I worked over the summer. And so I kind of made this like unilateral decision of like, okay, we're going to scale it back to bi-weekly episodes versus mm-hmm. weekly because right. we are not like, we were going places, we're doing things, it's the summertime where, you know, so I'm like, we're, it's just not feasible right now. And as opposed to putting out like shitty short weekly right, episodes, right. let's just do good bi-weekly episodes and then we'll come back to weekly in the you know in the summer and i get like why people do seasons sometimes because sometimes you know sometimes it's like yo i feel like i don't have shit to talk about and i'd rather it be like good than not but also like to not to to make it still feasible in that like okay we're not just gonna like drop off the face of the earth we're going to talk about it we're going to announce it we're going to come up with a plan and then come back to it so i definitely can get that and that like frustration because i think sometimes people think it's like easy which comes back to a you know how there's only like six episodes where people will do and then they fall off the face of the earth they quit um and then i also laugh at it because the first thing you said was like your father-in-law said don't fight about money and i'm like people need to fight about money when it comes to this thing too right. and then that's it, it also is why things don't always last but nothing worth it is it ever easy yeah you know? exactly that's what i tell yeah. my students all the time yeah. like nothing easily attained is like it's like nothing worth having is easily attained but the transparency i think helps because you may have started it thinking we're going to do it this way and then like you said you blow up but you never <laughs> but you never talked about yeah i never talked about the what ifs and i think sometimes we we fail to do that we fail to to think as big as we possibly think as far as like, what if we do blow up? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make those actions? And then, you know, or or what if what if our idea is amazing, but our execution is terrible? And now, you know, our friendship is ended or, you know, so mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. I think a lot of times people don't have that those full conversations and really like map it out. And I, I've, I've done the same thing, too, like with Tax Stone, like mm-hmm. we didn't have that combo. Mm. You know, we didn't have that combo. And then the show blew up and then we had that combo. And then it was like, okay, like it was, I I was working myself up. I'm like, man, I I don't know. Like, this is bad. Like I should have, we should have talked about this. And he was like real smooth. He's like, yo, this is what it is. And it was like more than fair Mm -hmm. to the point where like, I, I had a lot of respect for him. But after that conversation, I'm like, wow, like I can see he values my opinion. Mm -hmm. He like trusts what I'm doing with him. Just from what the splits were, yeah, you know, so you value and you, yeah, and like I knew like we were cool, like we we're friends, but you know, it it wasn't until that point where it was like, oh, like he values me as like he like, really fucks with you as I get a it. producer of his show, and this is yes. how he's showing the professional me. side of things. Like yeah. this is not just like we're friends, but yeah. this is like right. I I have professional right. worth as well, and right. he is compensating me right. as such. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's hard sometimes because sometimes people don't. Sometimes people use that, like, we're friends, so I shouldn't have to, and, you know. Do it on the arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And one thing I've, like, as I've gotten older, if if my friends do stuff, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to support you regardless. Like, my brother started DJing. So when we had our live show, he DJed. I gave him money. And he wasn't expecting it, but my thing is just, you could have been home. You could have been home doing whatever. So... I want to pay you because at the end of the day, even though you're my brother, you're doing something for me. So, you know, I I definitely understand that. That's that's definitely we definitely need to remember that when you have someone doing something for you or working for you, pay them for their time. And don't don't look at it as this is my friend. So instead of me going 50 50, I'll give him I'll give him a little bit of money. He should be happy. No, like 
respect them. Respect yeah, you got to take care of yeah. those. Because yeah. they could have been doing something else, too. Because I remember I, I told someone I respect, like, in the industry, like, what it was. And he was like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have expected that. But that's, that's what I think that's, that's so crucial and important is, like, making sure that people... Because that's the other reason why you keep quality people, people who are very good at what they do around when you compensate them for their time and their expertise. And, you know, that's it's important across any field, you know, and like um, and even though, you know, my primary hat is an educator, like and I'm making a shift, I'm being compensated for it. And sometimes, you know, you feel like a little bit of like that imposter syndrome. But then I have to also sometimes remind myself like, no, actually, Danny, like you are good at what you do because it reflects in like your evaluations. It reflects in your kids learning. It reflects in your relationships and you should be compensated as such. Um, and um, when it, but then you want to switch gears to like this podcasting thing too. I think like TJ's to TJ's point, like having those conversations and your point as well, having those conversations up front because he and I have talked about that. We're like, okay, well, where do we want this to go? And we've kind of come to the agreement that if things, if things one day go somewhere, great. If they don't, and it's just something that TJ and I do as our way of spending quality time, <laughs> and that's then that and right. so, like so be it. But, that's you worth know, it. It's worth it too. Yeah. And so it's just like we we've kind of looked at it from the what ifs of like the two very different ends of the spectrum, but we were like on the same page about those things. And we know also too like don't fight about money or things like that because and I, luckily I feel like for us, if anything were to become like profitable from this, sorry about that. Um, it would be it, it comes to the same basket because we're together. But to, to listen, you know what? You'd be giving so much. You can yell at me, Danny. My phone vibrates. You can yell at me. I'm professional right now. Right? Right? You can yell at me, Danny. Go ahead. Because I'm not going to yell at you because I always give you grace, but I'm going to hold you accountable because had this been the shoe on the other foot, he would have looked at me like I had eight fucking heads. I would have. Because my phone would be on the table and it'll go once. And he'd be like, come on, Danny. But that happens like every week. No, it doesn't. It really does, though. It's all right. Anyway. I'll take that, though. So. We're going to start to kind of wind things down. And, we, can, we can just go to the last question. Um, I guess our last uh, words or question for you, excuse me, is with that being said, what in your expertise in this field, what advice or wise words would you have for those who are trying to carve out this, a space for themselves in this very presently oversaturated landscape that is podcasting? So what would you say to those who are just getting started out or kind of still still at it? Because you have an experience and a perspective that not very many people have. Right. Um, you think the podcasting is oversaturated? I think yes and no. I think that there's like, I mean, if you go on Apple, you'll see any and everything on there. Right. But I think I think it's oversaturated for people like that are like jumping in and like into the the landscape. But then there's less people who are like keeping it up and going. But um, would you say YouTube's oversaturated? Hmm. Oh. Okay. I never thought about it's it like that. It's a different perspective. Yeah. Because I would say, because I would say, I want to say yes and no. Because I mean, there's n- there's no uh, end to the number of like kids' videos that Tatum like scrolls exactly. through, but they <laughs> they still get they they are popping because it's like little kids watch stuff over and over again. Um, so no, I would say I dare say I would say no. YouTube isn't oversaturated, but I guess sometimes maybe it feels like it felt like podcasting was, but with that perspective, then maybe not. I think it feels oversaturated on social media because mm. I think the way people promote is the same way. It's like, I'm going to post a link, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to post a picture or, you know, that's how it is on Instagram. But mm-hmm. um, I think quality will always beat out 
mm. that. Like, I think if you have quality product, like, then I want to listen to it. Got it. You know, doesn't mean like it's going to necessarily blow up because there's a lot of quality shows that don't do like phenomenal numbers, mm-hmm. but like it's a dope show and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be tuned in. But I think just being consistent, mm-hmm. like if you drop every Monday, like don't drop on Tuesday, mm-hmm. you know, like be, be very consistent with that because I think we've been conditioned to like expect things when they happen, yeah. like when they're supposed to be delivered. Mm-hmm. And I think for podcasting, that's like, crucial yeah it's crucial and i i would get you know i would get dms like sometimes be like yo why isn't this episode out, out. and i'm like yo i don't know you <laughs> like yo i don't know like, who you are jonathan Mena, what is <laughs> yeah. happening like, yeah y'all you know that y'all always drop on this day what's going on yeah. yeah we've had that you're right because we've had a few like a few moments here and there where we've had to like drop like a daily or something like that because like life happens but we've been very like communicative with like the people who are very like consistent listeners right. on our platform and for the most part like it's been okay but also too because that's not like a regular occurrence it's like okay some shit went left or like the baby got sick or whatever and like right. but we still like put something out or we like being like communicative um and but i think that's true like consistency is key which we're just like you know what i'm gonna pat ourselves on the back because we've been <laughs> consistent since 2017 and like it's it's true like it you know and it it means a lot and it, it lets us know like, i guess i appreciate that because it affirms what we've already kind of been feeling but from sarah somebody who's like a veteran in this game it you know affirms what we've already kind of sensed but right you know it's good and then also that other people hear that from you because then like you know you're coming from this like lineage and this blueprint that people are following to this day and if you say that then it just means all that much more so thank you. Yeah, I think you should understand the game. Um, mm-hmm. Like, understand if you're trying to make money off this, like understand the industry. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hot Pod. It's a mm-hmm. newsletter. It's like the industry newsletter. Not at all. Yeah, it's like free. You can subscribe to it. I think it comes out. It comes out every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's like a great resource to kind of like break down what's going on in the industry. Like, gotta write that. Down. Yeah, write, write that it, down. Write it down. Yeah, write shout it, out yeah. to Nick Kwa. He's a he's a good uh, person to to know. He's on Twitter. I forget his uh, handle. His, his handle, but he's there. I think you just have to understand the industry and be realistic. Like I said, like if if you're not here, if you're here to kind of like give your opinion and have mm-hmm. fun, like do that. But if you're really like trying to monetize this, then you got to come up with a game plan because like the majors are here, like the Spotify's, they just acquired Ringer like on Tuesday, mm. you know? Yeah, like they're here. They're not. They're here to make money. Like exactly. this. This is a, a a business for them. This is not, you know. And it may not be as oversaturated as I thought it to be. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think the over at least for me, I, it's just because like you said, social media. Like I'll see, I'll be on like Facebook and one of my friends like. Come up with a new podcast, and then it's like everyone I know is like it's just dropping, it's just coming out with one. But I never thought about it from the other perspective. So right, yeah. that's crazy. Well, we we'll have to look into that. Look, thank <laughs> you for blown. dropping drop on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. We're always ready. To that's what I'm here for. Learn. But I think with that being said, we're gonna wrap this sucker up. Thank you, Jonathan Mena. Yeah, you're welcome. We thank truly, you. Truly Hundred made. episodes in. Yeah, yes. like this is this is. We are, grateful and thankful and happy to have had you because you you know and sharing your experience with us and you know we're, we're looking forward to it yeah to, and hopefully you know you'll tune into us and let us know and give us feedback too because we always welcome that thank I you will. 
Well, with that being said, we've reached yet another episode. Another episode, yeah. Episode 100. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, sir. No, I'm regular. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it without you. Same here. You're the, you're the brains behind mm-hmm. the I'm just a talent, you know? You are the talent. <laughs> but, okay, <laughs> fine. I'll, I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> But with that being said, you know you that you can always follow us on Instagram at Lovers Quarrel Show, on uh-huh. Twitter at Lovers Quarrel Seven, and then and where? Email us with your questions, concerns, comments, anything in between at Lovers Quarrel Show at gmail.com. And as always, I am your girl Danny, and I'm your guy Tija. And you know that we've us, we fight, but, but we, we love. love. Bye. Bye. So, yo, I'm gonna just run to the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> yes.